Morning. Welcome to Heartland Christian Church. If this is your first time here, we're happy to have you. Let's get started. If everyone would please stand. Somebody give the Lord praise or thanks for something He is or does. Amen. It's finally starting to warm up. That's a good thing. Except for today. Patty. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? I just want to thank Jonathan and Ellis for the, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of queer areas out there now where they have, is this on? No. No. There's a lot of queer areas out there that that, uh, they have made uh, a lot of work on. So thanks to both of them. Yep. Linda? I just want to thank everybody who has volunteered to help 
Okay, I really appreciate the support for the pantry and the people that on a moment's notice get a phone call and step up and it it means so much. And it means so much to this community. We are doing so, so much moving forward, helping out. And I am just very glad to be a part of this ministry. And thank you to Amy and Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else? All right, before we get started, let's read from Psalm 23. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm reminds us that no matter what, God is with us and will never forsake us, that through good times and bad times, He's always there and He will always meet our needs. We're going to sing some songs of praise, but before we do, let's recite the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I
Now's the time in service for communion. If you need a communion packet, we can get you one. If you're a baptized believer in Christ, we invite you to join us today. We'll be reading from Luke 22, 19-20. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Bless this communion we're about to take. Use it to draw us closer to you and never let us forget its importance. Examine us and show us where we've fallen short so we can repent and turn from those sins. We praise you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning. Now is the time in the service for announcements. Okay, pill bottle collection. <laughs> Shipment of medical supplies, shredding, recycling, supports locally and global ministries. Um, bring your empty pill bottles in. It can be over-the-counter pill bottles also, vitamin supplements. Um, it doesn't even have to have the lid. Uh, these all go to Matthew 25 Ministries. Ink cartridge collection, um, recycling empty ink cartridges to help reduce the cost of office supplies here at the church. If you have any questions about what kind, just bring them in. But if you have any other questions about wanting to help or what we do with these, you can talk to Carol Hankins. Food pantry closed closets every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. If you'd like to come and serve, you're welcome to do that. If you want to come and observe, you're welcome to come and do that. If you want to donate um, or someone has a question in your area about donating, um, we do take donations on Thursday from 5 to 7 or Sundays after the service. Refit free dance fitness class, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6.30 to 7.30. That was almost in sync. Uh, empty nesters, women of the Bible, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. at Ruth Liming's home. If you have any questions about that, um, you can talk to Sharon. Youth bowling is this Friday, April 28th from 7 to 9 at Eastgate Lanes. We will have pizza and drinks and free, everything's free, so bowling for the two hours. If you're interested in going, let me know, because I need to get everything finalized by Wednesday. Um, impromptu church cleanup day this coming Saturday, April 29th at 9 a.m., Breakfast and lunch will be provided. We are, um, we do need to move the Gaga pit. We need to, um, we are building a swing set. Um, and there's stuff to do indoors. Don't feel like, you know, if you don't have physical strength that you can't come. There's lots of things to do in and outside. Or come and just encourage people, make sure they have water and that kind of stuff. Um, there's something for everybody, always. Breakfast Fellowship, first Sunday of the month, 9.30 a.m. Breakfast is better when we eat together. Um, this is our weekly budget um, and the ministries you support through giving here at Heartland. Ways to give are in person, online, and through text. And all of that information is in your bulletin. If you haven't gotten a bulletin, take this home because I'm sure you don't remember everything I've said today because I don't either. Um, but it has listed... You know, different ministries, um, greeting card ministry I talked about this morning. There's a food and fellowship. What is that about? Um, youth, that kind of stuff. If you're interested in serving in the children's church or the nursery, um, who the contacts are. There's also a place on the back for sermon notes, prayer requests. If you've met somebody new and you want to write their name down, something a little bit about them to remember them, use this for things um, that you want to take home with you and pray about. Now is your 10-minute meet and greet.
If you're ready, we'll go ahead and get started. Morning. Where is it? I know you guys are probably tired of seeing me this morning, but I'm stepping in for Derek. So, if you were here last time I preached, we talked about Zephaniah 1. We talked about the warnings issued by God through the prophet Zephaniah about what would happen to those who didn't repent and turn back to God. Today we'll be reading from the last part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We'll be reading from Matthew 7, 13 through 29. Turn in your Bibles to that passage. And once you get there, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And the words will be on the screen as well. Before we get started, let's pray. 
Father God, thank You for bringing us here today. Thank You for the wonderful blessings You've given us. Open our minds and ears to Your words and teach us what it is You want us to learn. It's in Your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of today's sermon is A Narrow Road. The Word of God says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult is the road that leads to life, and few find it. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I'll announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. You may be seated. Pastor Brennan Manning said, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. And that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. This is tough to hear, is it not? Can Christians really be the cause of people not living for Christ? The simple answer is yes. This message isn't meant to single anyone out, and I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone in this room. I was going to continue with Zephaniah 2, but this is a, net, a message that needs to be heard as well. We live in a lost and dying world that is being lied to by evangelists every day. Have you ever been to one of those rallies where the organizers bring in a big-name Christian band and a famous guest speaker? The speaker gets up and preaches a sermon about Christ and invites the people to come up to, uh, to the front and pray and accept Christ. Hundreds, if not thousands, come forward and they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior by doing what? Saying a simple prayer. There's no talk of repentance or baptism or living a holy life that mirrors Christ. 
it essentially amounts to nothing. Those people go home, and life goes back to the way it was before the rally. They are stuck in their sin. There's no follow-up. We tell people that if we say a simple prayer, that they're saved. That saying one simple prayer and confessing Christ is enough to get you into heaven. The same principle is being taught to our youth groups throughout the country. We tell students to write the date in the Bible that they got saved so that if they ever doubt, they can turn to that date and know for sure that they are saved. I've seen it happen. I've been to those rallies. I was led through the same prayer and told that if I repent from my sins and believed in the name of Christ, that I'll be saved. And this was in a Baptist church, so I was taught that once I was saved, I could never lose my salvation. All I had to do was believe. This is a lie from the pit of hell, and Satan is using leaders in the church throughout the world to tell this lie. We are not saved just because we say a simple prayer. John the Baptizer says in Matthew 3, 8, Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. We tell people that accepting Christ will get them into heaven, but there's no discussion about repentance. To repent of your sins means to turn away from your sins. We can't commit the same sin every day, ask God to forgive us, and then expect to get into heaven simply because we said a simple prayer. We must repent of our sins and turn from them. The editors of the website BibleRef.com teach about Matthew 3.8, and they say, John tells the Pharisees and Sadducees that their repentance must bear fruit. In other words, it will not be enough to be seen publicly agreeing with John and being baptized in the Jordan River. Repentance means to change your mind and turn around to head in a new direction. They must change their teaching and their direction in leading the religious lives of the people of Israel. If the change is genuine, it will produce measurable results. It will bear fruit. We can't accept Christ through a simple prayer and repent once just for our sins. We must change our lifestyles. It's not that easy to get into heaven. If it was, everyone would do it. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7.13, Enter through the narrow gate. And again in Matthew 7.14, how narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. Look at what Jesus said. Narrow is the gate, and difficult is the road that leads to life, and very few find it. It's narrow because the Christian life is hard. As Christians, we are constantly fighting our flesh and the spirit. Mark 14.38 says, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We can't live our lives for the rest of the world. We must live our lives apart from the world. We are told in 1 John 2, 15-17, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does will, my Father, remains forever. Oftentimes, we fall into a trap of comparing ourselves to others in the church. 
We imitate them. We act like them. After all, they say they're Christians. So if they're Christians, then we need to talk like them, dress like them, or live like them. But how do we know that they're saved? Stop comparing yourself to other Christians. Live holy and righteous lives like Christ and compare yourselves to Him. We're living just like the rest of the world. We come in here on Sundays and worship Christ and then leave here and follow the rest of the world. We tell crude jokes and curse. We tell lies to enhance our stories. We listen to music and watch things on TV that Christ tells us not to be involved with. We then come to church on Sunday, repent, and then do it all again. We can't live like the rest of the world Monday through Saturday and then come in here on, and act like Christ on Sunday. As Pastor Derek has said in one of his songs, ain't no such thing as a halfway Christian. We can't live half of our lives for the world and the other half in sin. It will not work. Jesus says in Matthew twelve thirty. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. If you're not with God, then we are against him. We must hate the things he hates and takes a stand against the very things he teaches against. If we don't, then he has no use for us. We see this in Revelation three, fifteen through sixteen. I know your works that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Ouch. If we live our lives for the world, then we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. There are those who will profess to be Christians, who get baptized, they pay the weekly tithes, and they will do a lot of works for the kingdom of God, yet they will not make it to heaven. Matthew seven twenty two through 23 shows this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Why is this? Why will those who do good works for the kingdom of God not get into heaven? Because they didn't live a life worthy of Christ. And they seem to love God, so they must be Christian, right? It takes more than saying a prayer to get into heaven. Pastor Vadi Bakum says, Listen to me carefully. Hell will be filled with people who were baptized. Hell will be filled with people who don't drink and don't smoke and don't curse and didn't have sex outside of marriage. There, there will be millions of people in hell who can make every one of these claims because not one of those things makes you a Christian. James 2.26 says, For just as the body without the spirit is work, so also faith without works is dead. Faith produces good works. Because of our faith, we do good works for Christ. But even those good works won't save us. We must live, live as Christ lived. We must walk that narrow road. We must have the fruits of the Spirit, as Paul tells us in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We must live as Christ lived. We must live out Matthew 25, 34-40. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. If we want to spend eternity in heaven, then we must live like Christ and love others as Christ loves us. We must feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and visit those who are sick and in prison. Jesus says in Luke six forty six, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? Look at what Jesus says about those who claim to be Christians but live an abhorrent lifestyle. Jesus says in Matthew seven fifteen through 16 Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. He calls them ravaging wolves and that we will know them by their fruits. We can act like Christians all we want, and we may be able to fool those around us, but we'll never fool God. When we tell people we are Christians, we instantly put a target on our backs. People start watching our actions. Why? They want to see if we're living holy lives like Christ. We're constantly being watched. If someone caught you off in traffic, do you fly the bird at them? Are you short with the waitress that gets your food order wrong? Or with a co-worker or a family member that you don't like? Matthew twelve thirty-six through 37 says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless word they speak. By your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. We will be held accountable for our words and our actions. There's a phrase that we need to remember, and that phrase is so that some might be saved. We've all heard the saying that we might be the only Jesus that people ever see. Have you ever thought about that? It's true. People may only see us once, and we may not even notice them. Will that person see Jesus in us, or will they see something else? How do we let people see Christ in us? We must live out John 3.30. He must increase, but I must decrease. If we live holy lives that mirror Christ, if we decrease ourselves and get out of the way, then Christ will increase in our lives and be magnified. And in turn, 
that person may only see that may only see us once will see Christ in us. Will they accept Christ based on what they see? Maybe. Maybe not. It's not our decision. But we can plant the seed and let them see Christ. Let our lives mirror Christ so that some might be saved. Don't be the reason that people don't come to know Christ. In order to live a life that is holy and mirrors Christ, we must take up our crosses and follow Christ as Jesus tells us in Mark 8.34. If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If we want to walk the narrow road, we must take up our crosses and follow Christ. We must build our foundation on the rock and not the sand. The foundation of the rock is strong and steady, and the sand is loose and blown away. I ask you, what is your foundation built on? Are you friends with the world? If you're living for the world, don't. James 4.4 4 says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Are we living like those mentioned in Titus 1.16? They claim to know God, but they deny, them, they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. If we know what is good and acceptable in God's eyes, and we don't do it, <clears throat> that is sin. James 4.17 says, So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. We must take up our crosses and walk the narrow road. Stop comparing yourselves to others who claim to be a Christian. Stop living for the world. Do you want to know how the Bible says that we are saved? We must examine ourselves and compare our lives to the teachings of the Scriptures. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13.5, Test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you... Do you yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test? Paul wanted people to ask themselves if they were walking according to the Scriptures. The blueprint to get into heaven is in the Scriptures. We must take a good, hard, honest look at our lives and compare ourselves to the Scriptures. The answers to the test are there. We just need to make sure we follow them. How do we examine ourselves? 1 John 2, 3-6 says, This is how that we know Him, if we keep His commands. The one who says, I have come to know Him, and yet doesn't keep His commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly in Him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in Him. The one who remains in Him should walk just as He walked. Test yourselves. Are you living a holy life like Christ? Are you taking up your cross and walking the narrow road? Jesus said we will be known by our fruits. So what kind of fruit are you producing? If you find yourselves in sin, stuck in sin, don't give up. Get on your knees in prayer. Confess your sins to one another. Rid your lives of the things that are helping you sin. Matthew 5.29 says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. 
For it is better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Is Jesus really telling us to gouge out our right eye? He's actually telling us to get rid of the things in our lives that cause us to sin. Stop living in sin. If you're battling sin, get up and fight. Take up your crosses daily and fight. Don't fall into temptation. Philippians 2.12 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then he continues in 14. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, <clears throat> among you who shine like stars in the world. By holding firm to the word of life, then I can boast in the Christ in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. Walk the narrow road. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Examine yourselves and take up your cross and follow him. Never give up on the fight. We must be innocent in our actions. Don't stay stuck in your sins. We must not sin. But if we do, we must ask forgiveness for those sins and then repent and turn from them. Don't get stuck in those sins. If you're stuck in your sins, take up your cross and fight. Don't ever let Satan win. Look, we all sin. There's not one person here that hasn't committed a sin. If someone tells you they've never sinned, then turn around and run. And if you see a lightning bolt, duck. <laughs> 1 John 1, 8-10 says, If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. It's in our nature to sin. When we sin, ask forgiveness. <clears throat> when we sin, we need to ask forgiveness and repent from that sin, confess it to one another, and then turn away from that sin. Don't dwell on it. Too often when we sin, we feel guilty and worthless, like God couldn't love us. That's a lie from Satan. Don't ever forget that he died so that we can spend eternity in heaven. Stay strong in your faith. Pastor Vadi Bakum says, Remaining is an evidence of salvation. Staying in the way, staying on the path is an evidence of salvation. How do we know we are saved? We stay on the narrow road. We produce good fruit. We live a life that is holy like Christ, daily taking up our crosses and following Him. What happens if we follow the broad road that leads to destruction? What happens if we produce thistles among the figs? Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:19, Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The tree that bears good and bad fruits in this illustration represents us. We are one or the other. If we're the tree that doesn't produce good fruit, then we're told that we'll be thrown in the fire. And of course, that fire represents hell. We see this echoed in John 15, 5-8. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit 
because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in, my, in me and my words and you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. If we want to prove that we're God's disciples, then we need to live a life that is holy like Christ. Running the race and enduring until the end. Then we will spend eternity in Christ and we will be called his disciples. And hopefully we'll get to hear Jesus quote Matthew twenty-five twenty-three. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You, will faith, you were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. How do we get to hear that? How do we get to spend eternity with Christ? We live out James 1.22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Read the word daily. We can't compare ourselves to uh, the scriptures if we do not know what the scriptures say. Live holy lives with the goal of being holy like Christ. Let our lives mirror his so that people can see him in us. Learn to decrease, get yourselves out of the way, so Christ can increase in our lives. Seek Christ first, rely on him. Don't worry about things in life and live out Matthew 6, 33-34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Most importantly, we must love Christ. Christ was the perfect example of love. So then we must love others as well. We are told the two greatest commandments involve love. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40 He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your minds. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. If we walk the narrow road, love God and others, if we live out Matthew 25, then we are told that we produce good fruits. If we believe in Christ and are baptized and repent and turn from our sins, then we're told that uh, we will spend eternity with Christ. Now, I know I've laid a lot at your feet this morning. We need to make sure that we're living lives worthy of Christ, and we need to travel the narrow road. Don't be like the Christians that Brennan Manning said is the single greatest cause of atheism, the ones who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and deny him by their lifestyles. Be holy like Christ so that some might be saved. In closing, I want to leave you with a few lines from a Robert Frost poem entitled The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less, less traveled by, and that made all the difference. Make a difference in your life and travel the narrow road, the road less taken. It will be rough terrain, and it won't be easy, but in the end, after our race is won, it will have made all the difference in our lives 
and maybe, just maybe, it might make the difference in someone else's life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for your words and being faithful and just to forgive us. Help us as we travel the narrow road. Lead and guide our steps as we traverse a word, uh, world that is lost in its sin. Help us to be shining lights for the world so that some might be saved. Protect us as we go home today and throughout the week. And always, and as always, thank you for being the author of our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are not a Christian, then today is the day of salvation. If you'd like to know more about Christ or how to become a Christian, I will be in the back. You can speak with me. Or if you'd like to learn more about traveling the narrow road, make sure you see me. You are welcome to come up and pray by yourselves. We'll also have people up here to pray with you. If you want to confess your sins or need healing for illness, then you're, willing to, you're welcome to come forward as well. We will have people up here to pray with you. The band is going to sing one last song before we go. But before they do, let me speak the blessing of God over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
No condemnation at this table. There is a place just for you. There is a place just for you. Go for
Give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, you give life.
If you're troubled, heavy hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. If you're run down, empty handed, come to Jesus and find your strength. He is Broken. 
Author, the Prince of Peace. Author, the Maker of everything. Defender, Deliverer, King of Kings. He is. He is. Helper and Healer forevermore. Savior who shelters through every storm. My refuge, Redeemer and Lord of Lords. He is. He is. Child of Heaven and Son of Man. Provider, Protector. the king of my heart be the mountain where I love the fountain I drink from oh he is my soul let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life oh he is my soul
Child. 